the command and control ways of leadership no longer resonate with humanity. It's time for us to shift from the old ways of leadership into dragon leadership. Join me for a powerful discussion on leadership, authenticity, and humanity with the dragon leader himself, Dove Baron. In this episode, you'll learn why the old command and control ways of leadership are no longer effective, how your version of authenticity could really just be faux authenticity, why a fuck it moment is more impactful than an aha moment, why dragon leadership is the way of the future, how to rise up as a dragon leader, the ways in which you might be avoiding personal responsibility, and finally, a powerful question that everyone in leadership needs to ask themselves. Dove Baron is the dragonist, guiding us in how to recognize and nurture dragons, the top talent, hidden in our organizations. A dragon leader is not a position. It's someone who is always pushing to improve and wants those they serve to reach their full potential. Dove's humor, humor and no BS style is contagious. As a master storyteller, he is considered to be the leading authority on actualized leadership. Actualized leadership means getting the results you set out to achieve in the most meaningful manner. Working with diverse leaders and executive teams, Dove filters common bonds to create fiercely loyal cultures. You can't achieve loyalty without meaning, and talent only stays when they feel that they are part of something larger than themselves. Besides being a best-selling author of One Red Thread and Fiercely Loyal, Dove has been named one of Inc. Magazine's top 100 leadership speakers to hire and is one of the top 30 global leadership gurus. He has spoken to the United Nations, the World Management Forum in Iran, the New York National Speakers Association, and the Servant Leadership Institute. In June 1990, while free rock climbing, Dove fell approximately 120 feet and landed on his face. The impact shattered most of the bone structure of his face, and after 10 reconstructive surgeries, no external evidence remains. However, this experience wasn't just life-changing. It has been completely transformational. Dove shares how dragons are born in fire, experiences that could potentially destroy you instead birth purpose, passion, and hunger to champion others to nurture the dragon fire in ourselves, our families, our communities, and our companies. Dove believes the world needs more dragon leaders committed to living their purpose, standing in their truth, and empowering others to feel their fire and do the same. Dove is someone that I greatly appreciate. His views on leadership have always been ahead of the game, and his fire has the power to ignite yours. I know that every time I'm in his presence, my fire is ignited. So tune into this episode for yourself and learn why he's one of my favorite leaders. Now, before we go any further, hit pause right now, download a few episodes, and please take a moment to drop a rating and review. Thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And if you want to connect with me or want to share your biggest insight from this episode, shoot me a text message at 1781-336-0160. If you prefer emails, you can subscribe at rubyframon.com forward slash subscribe. And if you want to reach out via social media, my handle is at I am Ruby. Now it is time to talk about the future of leadership with Dove Barron. 
Welcome to today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders, I am back with a very special guest, uh, someone who is currently residing in my hometown of Vancouver, BC, and also someone who inspires me in leadership uh, because although we come from different generations, we actually hold very similar views to what leadership is. So without further ado, I am so happy to welcome Dove Barron to today's Thought Leader. Dove, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Ruby. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm honored and I'm looking forward to sharing with you and the audience and looking forward to how I might serve. Thank you. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to see where this conversation goes. And where I Mm. want to start is the idea of leadership. Mm-hmm. As I feel that both you and I know that leadership has been redefined over the years. Um, and especially with the era of technology, which we are now in and our ability to share on a wider platform and be seen in different ways. Um, things have changed in our external world, which mm-hmm. naturally means that leadership also needs to change. So I'd love to hear your views on where leadership was versus where it is today. Thank you for asking. Um, well, as you said, uh, we're of different generations, um, <laughs> but I am, uh, you know, as, as somebody interested, I was interviewed once on stage and somebody said, you know, why would baby boomers listen to you? And I said, because I am one. And why would millennials listen to mm-hmm. you? I said, because I am one. And they were like, you can't be both. And I said, I am. I was born in the baby boomer generation, but I was a millennial even then. And <laughs> um, <laughs> that a lot of the millennial views of leadership have always been my views of leadership. Um, leadership was command and control. I never agreed with that, never thought it was a good idea, and tried to have people understand that leadership was about first and foremost self-leadership and self-development. Leadership has transformed, of course, um, but has it. Um, What I mean by that is I also meet millennials who want to lead by command and control, Mm -hmm. um, and I meet baby boomers who don't. Mm. So it's really, you know, there's the mass idea of a thing, and then there's a subjective reality that is uh, very individual. And I think that we are being called to step into a deeper level of leadership that is personal first Mm -hmm. and how can I lead me and the old walk your talk thing is now what I love about millennials and I wrote about this in fiercely loyal in my book Mm -hmm. fiercely loyal was what I love about millennials in leadership is they have great bullshit meters I just love that (laughs) and so if somebody's saying you know do as I say not as I do they'll walk away and I think that's great Mm -hmm. I really do. So I think that's the major simple shift 
uh, aside from the technology and all the things that make it so, mm-hmm. that is the, the undercurrent. Right. So from command and control to self-leadership and self-development, um, which I always say is is described as like leading from it within, being the leader in your own life first uh, before leading others. And one of the things that I find interesting is that it seems like before the the world of social media existed, mm-hmm. you almost had to earn the microphone. And now mm-hmm. everyone has a microphone Absolutely. in the palms of their hands, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's easy for um, even millennials. I like that you mentioned millennials can also go into command and control. It's easy for millennials to fall into that because it's so tempting. You have this digital device in your fingertips. It's easy mm-hmm. to turn it on, hit record, command your audience, try and control how you're being perceived, how you're being seen, control what you're saying, control how you're showing up, control your audience. Um, it, it's so interesting to see that and see the two paradigms of leadership actually coexisting right now, but also seeing how one is starting to rise higher than the Mm -hmm. other. Um, When it comes to the command and control ways, how do you see people, um, specifically millennials actually, still doing this today? Well, one of the ways to do it um, that I see all the time that drives me completely freaking nuts and pisses me (laughs) off um, is that uh, very often um, what I see is what I call faux, what I call faux authenticity, mm-hmm. uh, F-A-U-X, faux authenticity, faux leadership, uh, faux authority, all those things just are terrible. Mm-hmm. So people are talking about personal development. They've never done any. They're talking about being a coach. They've never been coached. They're talking about leading. They've never led anybody. They've never been led. They don't know how to be led. They just want autonomy. Autonomy mm-hmm. and leadership are vastly different. Mm-hmm. So in order to be a great leader, you have to know who to follow and why to follow. And you have to be willing to get your ego out of the way and actually say, hey, I learned this from this person. One of the things I see so much is these new um, command and control millennials who are saying, I'm the great authority, but they never give any credit to anybody. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do that, you actually don't make yourself look better. Right. I know because I was 20 as well. I remember mm-hmm. being that way. I wouldn't want to give credit because I thought it would make me look small. It doesn't make you look small. It makes you look bigger because it makes you real, people realize you're well thought out. You're well researched. You've done that. And so they show up with full vulnerability as well. They tell a story that they think is going to hit the heart spot with somebody, but it's really got no true heartfelt revelation in it mm-hmm. so there's a lack of humanity which is mm-hmm. command and control but it's but it's clothed in this vulnerable authentic bullshit that's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with reality and so that's a much bigger piece so when people say you know uh, you know you got to do work on yourself first i'm always like how much work have you done mm-hmm. like are you still doing it because yeah. if you think there's a there, you're dead in the water. There is no there. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. there. And I've been doing this for, I've been working on myself since I was seven and I'm 62. Mm-hmm. And I am definitely not there. I don't know where there is. 
Well, first of all, you look great for 62. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, second, I feel like you and I could both rant on this topic forever. I have oh, a chapter. For sure. <laughs> right. Like I have a chapter in my book called False Authenticity. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, it feels like one of those trend trends that we're seeing and, or even false vulnerability. And I love I know you love talking about vulnerability too and how yep. it's, it's a strength, um, but it's the false vulnerability. Like, let me show up in this way so that I can achieve X, Y, Z, right? It's attached to some sort of outcome that they want, some sort of result, um, but they're not really doing the work to be authentic, to be transparent, to be vulnerable. And I, I agree fully with this is a lifelong journey. You know, I, I, wanna, I, I wanna take a pause there yeah, because I wanna say I wanna say that one of the things that I do love about I've seen some of your stuff and when I see mm-hmm. your stuff, um, you know, you have your authority, you have your leadership, you have your product, um, that obviously has multiple levels to it. But every now and then I just see you show up and you you're like, Yeah, I'm in a shitty place. Mm-hmm. I, I or I'm going through this or I'm struggling with that. And for me, that's leadership. Mm-hmm. It's not old school leadership, but it is new school leadership. It is the way it needs to be. Because the truth of the matter is, people only bond with people they can see themselves in. Mm-hmm. And, and if you're, quote, perfect, then I can never follow you because I can never be, I'll always feel inadequate around you. Mm-hmm. I'll never feel quite good enough. And so when you show up and you go, you know, I'm really struggling with this today right? And I'm really thinking about that today. And that for me is like endearing. Mm. It's endearing. It pulls people to you. And I see that you do that. And I want to just acknowledge you for that because I think it's important because it's a demonstration of walking the talk. It's not walking the talk because, oh, I should do this. It's walking the talk because that's who you are. That's Mm -hmm. great. Thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement, for picking up on that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny cause my, my dad is, um, older than you, but he's been in uh, the leadership space since I was born and he had the, you know, command and control views on leadership. And we've butt heads throughout my career on how to show up even just on social media. Like, Oh, don't share your whole story. Like we don't do that. Um, don't let people know where you've been. Just talk about where you are. And it's the the old school leadership mentality of if I show my quote unquote faults um, or um, shadows or things that just aren't right, then I'm not going to be perceived as a leader. I'm going to be perceived as less than an expert. And so I'm just curious because you you are a baby boomer and you've been doing this for decades. Mm -hmm. Did you always show up in, in the self leadership ways? Were you always showing up like that even before millennials were here? Oh, definitely before. Because I've been (laughs) speaking for 35 years. Right. Um, And if I may, I'll tell you my first speaking experience. Yes, please do. So um, I own businesses in three continents and ran businesses and did real, really good and worked hard. And one of my businesses, I had a client who would come in and he would, uh, and he would just come in and talk to me. We just had these great combos. And he was a very, very smart man who owned a national menswear company in Australia. Mm-hmm. 
And one day he came in and he said, I'd like you to come and speak for me. And I said, what do you mean speak for you? We're speaking now because I didn't know anything about speaking. Right. And he's like, uh, no, I want you to come speak to my national manager's meeting. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? And he, I go, speak about what? And he goes, anything you want. Hmm. I go, come on, Steve. And he goes, no, he says, you know, you're a very intelligent guy. You've got a lot of subjects. He goes, you know, I'd like you to come talk to him. I'm like, I don't know. I, uh, I, I'm not a speaker. And how long for? He goes, an hour. I'm like, oh, my God, are you crazy? I can't speak <laughs> for an hour. Now it's a warm-up. But, you know, right. but uh, oh, he finally taught me into half an hour. But he said, I have one one condition. And I said, what's that? He was much smarter than me. And I said, what's that? He said, uh, I want you to show up like this. Now, let me give context to everybody. Mm -hmm. This was 1984, mm. right? So it was 1984. And he's, um, he said, I want you to show up like this. And I said, what do you mean? Now, he owned a national menswear uh, company, and he made my suits. And right. so I had two sets of clothing. One was suits, very, you know, beautiful suits for the 80s, but mm -hmm. suits. And the other one was, if I wasn't in that, I've been a bodybuilder for, for, since I was 19. And when you're a bodybuilder and you're in your early 20s, it's important that everybody knows. <laughs> right. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, ego is a little bit large at that point. Uh, <laughs> my ego, my ego was, on, was on testosterone. <laughs> so, you know, so I was wearing super tight t-shirts that were too small and ripped tight jeans and, mm -hmm. you know, with rips in the knees and all those kinds of things. And my hair was down past my chest. Oh, wow. And I have naturally very black, curly, sort of uh, Louis Thirteenth hair, right? Okay. So I had long, black, curly hair, earrings that were big enough you could swing parrots off them. <laughs> I had my designer stubble, you know. And so you were a pirate? Pretty much. That's the look. Right? <laughs> That's pretty much what it looked like. Uh, I dated several girls who, who used that comment. So um, that was my look. Now, when I was wearing a suit, my hair would be slicked back tight in a ponytail. I still had the earrings on, but I'd wear a suit and I, mm -hmm. and I you know, I had to look really sharp. But the rest of the time, I was in, and this particular day, I was in a tight t-shirt. My hair hadn't even been sort of pulled back. So it was wild. It was out like, you know, it looked like a nest. <laughs> and I had the big earrings in and he said, I want you to look like that. And I said, well, you know, I've got suits. And he says, no, no, I don't want you to wear a suit. I want you to show up like that. I said, can I put my hair in a ponytail? No, I want you to wear exactly what you're wearing today. Mm -hmm. I want you to have your hair exactly as it is. I'm like, okay. So as instructed, I show up on the day and I put my head in the door and I look down this room of a long um, corporate table mm -hmm. of about 12 or 14 guys who were all buttoned up and looking very Gordon Gecko uh, from Wall <laughs> Street. You know, they all look very uptight. And I put my head in the door and these guys look at me and they give me, I'll use the clean version of this because I would use the British version, but they give me the uh, bugger off nod. And mm. The bugger off nod is this. It, they look at you and they go, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a, a head cock to the side, which is saying, right. get out, you're in the wrong room. Right. right. So I just put my head and smiled and they give me this nod. And I waited. And then Steve said, please welcome our speaker. And I go up and I honestly do not remember what I spoke about. Mm -hmm. I clearly remember what I said at the beginning. Mm. And I said, this is the 80s in Australia. There's a lot of uh, media around uh, racism, particularly mm -hmm. with the Aboriginal people of Australia. So I said, put your hand up if you're a racist. Hmm. Well, you can imagine how well that went down. Right. Nobody put their hand up. 
So look, okay, fair enough. So put your hand up if you would judge somebody by the color of their skin or the way they look in any way, shape, or form. Nobody put their hand up. Mm-hmm. Said so you're a bunch of kin liars. <laughs> you can swear here. It's okay. Oh, okay, okay. I said yeah. you're a bunch of fucking liars. Yeah. And they all looked at me and went, what? I said, every single one of you judge me by the way that I look. Mm -hmm. You decided how intelligent I was. You decided how much money I had in my bank account. You decided whether I was a customer. And you decided whether I had anything to say of value. But here's what you don't know. Steve and I are friends. And we became friends because I first met him when I came into your store and he made Mm -hmm. my suit. I wear your suits, your best suits. I'm a really good customer and you just lost a client if I'd have walked in. Hmm. And at that point, I figured, you know, I've shit the bed, it's all over. Right. (laughs) They've said stupid things. (laughs) I look over at Steve, and he looks like his face has been cut open, his smile's so big. Yeah. Because he obviously was smarter than me. He realized what was going on. Mm -hmm. And I killed it. I mean, it was Mm -hmm. a fantastic presentation. I don't remember the rest. I left that presentation, and, you know, it was totally that vulnerable authenticity that everybody's talking about now, Mm -hmm. I was doing 30 odd years ago. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. If that was the end of the story, I'm a hero, but I'm not a hero. I want everybody to understand this Mm because here's what happened. I went away and the following week, Steve came in and he said, I talked to Alistair about your presentation and told him how fantastic it was. He wants you to come speak for his group. Alistair also owned a national clothing company, Mm -hmm. not menswear, but mixed. So he went to, oh, fantastic. Now I've got the bug. I'm like, oh, this Mm -hmm. is great. So what do I do? I start researching speakers. Now I've been following development and already been involved in it for many, many years before that. Mm -hmm. But I never seen a speaker live and I didn't know what they looked like. So I started finding them and they found they wore a uniform. And the uniform was blue suit, white shirt, red tie, paint and leather shoes. They had short hair and they were clean shaven or they had a mustache. Mm-hmm. All right. So what did I do? Got myself a blue suit, white shirt, red tie, paint and leather shoes, cut my hair short and had this nasty ass thing on my lip that looked like an animal had died. <laughs> Honestly, it was Borat special. It was so bad. And I went and spoke for Alistair and I died. Mm. Because there was nothing authentic about me. Right. I conformed to what I thought I should be. Mm-hmm. And that's what I see even in leadership today. Yeah. Is people are looking around saying, well, what should I be? I should be authentic. What's my authentic story? I should be vulnerable. What is my vulnerable story? I should be this. I should have tattoos because they're in. I should mm-hmm. swear on stage because Gary Vaynerchuk does. Listen, mm-hmm. I've been swearing on stage for 30 odd years. Not because Gary Vaynerchuk did. Gary Vaynerchuk was a kid when I started. It was not that. It's, it's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I dress the way I dress. I don't wear a tie on stage. I haven't worn a tie on stage in 20 odd years. I, I have a very unique look. It's my look. I don't care about any of that. People are so busy trying to, to work out what they should be mm-hmm. to be authentic that they're inauthentic. That's what I mean about full authenticity. So it's really important that you do the self-work, the deep work, and say, well, what's true for me? Mm -hmm. What is actually true for me? What can I show up with that's true for me that I'm really uncomfortable with? And that, for me, is the question everybody needs to ask in leadership. What am I really uncomfortable with? If you can't show up in that discomfort, don't show up. Mm. You've got to show up with that. Because here's a message, and I teach people how to be speakers. 
I have the Authentic Speaker Academy for Leadership. And I say to them, listen, if you want people to get your message, if you don't feel it, they don't hear it. Yeah. You got to be willing to feel it. And that means you have to feel your own discomfort on stage. Mm -hmm. Every time I get on stage, I'm anxious. Not when I'm there, but going on because I'm going to reveal, I'm going to share, it's going to be uncomfortable. And I've got tons of confidence, but I'm still going to be that because I'm going to step out of my own comfort zone. That's mm -hmm. key. Yeah. That was so well said. I love the story to go along with it because that really concretes in the idea of, um, you know, faux authenticity versus real authenticity and, and what the difference is. I mean, uh, for me, uh, I had been faux authentic my entire life up until I hit rock bottom and started to lean into myself and learning what my truth was and learning what I really valued. What, what did I really believe aside from my family, my culture, my parents, what was really important and meaningful to me and doing that inner work is crucial because in a world where all these leaders are, are fighting to be seen and heard, I feel that most of these leaders aren't even seeing and hearing themselves. They're not. They're and not. You, just said, you just said something that's really important. Until I hit rock bottom. Mm -hmm. So where is rock bottom? People ask me that all the time. The answer mm -hmm. is, I don't know, because mm -hmm. it's subjective. Totally. Some people's rock bottom, like mine, was literally rock bottom. I mm -hmm. fell off a mountain, got smashed to pieces while free climbing, fell 120 feet and got smashed to pieces on rocks. Okay, that was my rock bottom. But for mm -hmm. some people's rock bottom is a bankruptcy, a divorce. It is the death of a loved one. It's a horrible diagnosis. It's COVID. Mm -hmm. it, it's, you know, it's something else. <clears throat> and many people are at rock bottom who don't look at rock bottom. And this right. is part of the illusion. You know this as well as mm -hmm. I do. You only have to look at anything on um, on one of the like uh, TMZ or whatever it is, and you see these people who have got more money than God, mm -hmm. you know, who are miserable bastards. I mean, their life sucks. They've hit rock bottom, but they have a lot of money. Right. Rock bottom has got nothing to do with money. That's just one aspect of it. Mm -hmm. It's the point where you get to and you go, what's the point? What's yeah. the point? And so, you know, I started out as a, as a therapist and a counselor and dealt with a lot of people who were suicidal. And it was amazing to me that how many people's lives looked wonderful mm -hmm. and enviable whose life sucked. And what the problem is that most people do what I tried to do when I fell. People would say to me, how are you doing after I fell? And I'd say, oh, I'm great. I'm coming back. Right. I was bullshitting myself. Mm -hmm. There is no back. That doesn't exist in our reality. Mm -hmm. There is only forward and evolving. But what most people do is let me stick a Band-Aid on it and pretend that I'm going to bring it back. And so we recycle the same crap over and over and over again. And then we hit rock bottom again. And mm -hmm. it's that point of saying, okay, I can't keep this up. And it was the point where I had to say, I can't, I can't keep going like this. I got to do something else. I got to dig deeper. And I'd already done a ton of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like the turning point for many people. It's the, I, I call it the epiphany moment where, because, you know, you can also hover at rock bottom for years and decades and possibly even your entire life where you're just there, you're just there and you're just surviving, which is where I felt I was for a long time. But it wasn't until 
that survival mode turned into the oh shit mode turned into the oh look at all the ways in which I brought myself here mm-hmm. which led to the realization and me diving then deeper into myself and my own self-work um, but it's such a it's a pivotal time in a lot of people's lives. And I also believe we don't necessarily need to reach rock bottom to create the changes that we want. Um, But most people will go to that because we cling to the familiar. And this is what's really important for everybody to know, because as you're watching, listening to this, you're maybe thinking, yeah, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm I'm not that bad. Not that bad is the death rattle of Mm -hmm. mediocrity. Mm -hmm. Not that bad sucks. And until you can own that rock, the mediocrity sucks, you will stay there. Mm-hmm. And your media, your mediocre might be somebody else's excellent, but it's still your mediocre. Yeah. Do you get that? Mm-hmm. I really need you to get that. Your, me, your mediocre might be somebody else's wow, but it's still your mediocre. And if you're, imp- if you're impressing everybody else, but you don't impress you, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Most people hit rock bottom and they carry a shovel and keep digging. Mm-hmm. No, hold on. Stop. Stop. Take pause. Don't come out. Stop. Take pause. Recognize where you are and recognize, like you said, Ruby, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Why have I put myself here? Because here's the thing people say to me, oh, that must have changed your life when you fell. It didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't change my life. It embedded me. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm great. I'm coming back. It embedded me until I hit not an aha moment but a fuck it moment. Mm-hmm. Aha moments, I don't give a crap about. I've taught workshops for 30 odd years and people have aha moments up the yin yang and it's mm-hmm. wonderful and it's exciting and it's marvelous and they do the same old shit tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The fuck it moment is, fuck it, I can't do this anymore. Fuck you, fuck them, fuck it. I'm not doing this. I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. I will burn the bridges. I will burn the boats. I'm out. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to do something else and I'm terrified and I don't know what the hell it will be, but I'm out. Mm. This doesn't work for me. And that's the moment where you actually get pulled to your own dragon fire and go, what is it in me? Mm-hmm. What is that thing that will fuel me on the shittiest and the greatest days? Yeah, I, that is powerful. The aha versus the fuck it moment. Um, very, very powerful indeed, because I think a lot of people think that assume that the epiphany has to be this beautiful thing, and in reality, it's pretty gut-wrenching and difficult to face the reality of uh, that shatters all the lies and the false um, perceptions that you've created about your life. Now, you mentioned the dragon fire, mm-hmm. and I'd love to hear more about dragon leadership because this is something you're really passionate about mm-hmm. um because there's something that you you mentioned that dragon leaders are committed to living their purpose standing in their truth and empowering others to find their fire and do the same which yeah. is again far different from command and control command and control is all about me 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 whereas uh, the dragon leadership or the self leadership is how can I empower you to do the same, which means you got to model it first and be in it first. So would love to hear your, how you describe dragon leadership. Let's start there. So as you said, a dragon leader is um, a 
on the external is somebody who is assisting others to find their own dragon fire and bring that to whatever it is they're doing. So I can be a dragon leader to somebody who doesn't work for me. I can be mm -hmm. a dragon leader to somebody who does work for me. Mm -hmm. um, it's not limited to a position. Um, a dragon leader on the internal level has found their dragon fire, which I'll explain in a moment, mm -hmm. has found their dragon fire and uh, sees how they can bring it to the world. So when I just talk about Dragonfire, people naturally assume, as I was on an interview yesterday, they naturally assume, oh, you mean passion. No, I don't mean passion. Mm -hmm. Passion is transitory. I don't know how old you, you are as you listen or watch this, but I can clearly remember being 18, 19, 20 years old. I know what I was passionate about. Mm -hmm. I'm not passionate about those things anymore. Mm -hmm. Passion is transitory. When I, um, I told you I own sal uh, businesses on three uh, consonants and ran businesses. I owned hair salons. Mm -hmm. People used to say to me, stop talking to my hair. I was passionate about hair. I'm an artist first. Mm -hmm. And that was my art career was I became a hairdresser and I was international judge. I was very highly qualified and I did great work and I would talk to people's hair. It was a canvas for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not passionate about hair anymore. Right. I notice it, but it's not a passion. Somebody said to me, you can open a salon tomorrow. I'll be like, yeah, no, thanks. I'm not interested. Passion is transitory. It moves through us. What is, the, what is that passion transported in? The vehicle is the dragon fire. Mm. So as an entrepreneur, you might go, oh, I'm kind of flaky because I used to be in this and now I'm in that. Well, I would say, what's the dragon fire that you've been taking from one vehicle to the next? So you were in the vehicle of this and now you're in the vehicle of that. But what's the common dragon fire that you're carrying through this that's fueling this vehicle mm -hmm. to make it really, really move? So you've got to find that. And here's the thing. Your dragon fire, and I want everybody to understand this, your dragon fire, as I said, not your passion. It's not even your purpose. It's deeper than that. It's not even your why. It's deeper than that. It's the why of your why. Mm -hmm. And it, your dragon fire will only be found in your pain. Mm-hmm. So you can't be a dragon leader if you're not willing to do exactly what we've been talking about, mm -hmm. which is that self-work to examine what is the pain I'm trying to heal in myself mm -hmm. and heal in the world. Mm. Because there is no world and there is no self. Right. So what does that mean? Well, it means this. It means if I heal myself, I heal the world. And if I heal the world, I heal myself. Mm. Where can I start? Where's the starting point? Internal self. When I do that, I become a dragon leader in my life and I become a dragon leader in my business and in my world. Mm, beautiful. I, that gives me goosebumps only because I, I, I agree with passion. I think passion is something that shifts as you evolve in your life. Your passion is going to evolve in your life. I also believe that our purpose evolves as we evolve. Um, but there's, there's, that fire in you? I'm curious to know what is your dragon fire? It's a good question. So I'm going to answer it by telling you, uh, I giving everybody a little exercise that will help them to find theirs. Perfect. Right. So, um, I w have you, have you ever been to a funeral? Me? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you've been to a funeral and as you listen to this, ask yourself that question, if you have, you probably know, the, the job of the person giving the eulogy is to dry clean the dead person. Hmm. And here's what I mean by that. 
a very good friend of mine years ago said, um, would you come to my dad's funeral? I knew his dad and his dad was a dick. Mm. No other word for it. Um, mm. And he said, and I said, no, why would I come to your dad's funeral? Well, he was a dick and he was a dick to you and you're my friend. And he goes, I know, but I'd like you to come to support me. And I said, absolutely, I'll be there. So we went to the funeral, but I said, but I'm not sitting at the front. And he goes, no, I don't want to sit in front. I want to sit in the back. I said, okay. So we sit in the back and the person at the front is doing a eulogy. And the person at the front does a eulogy about this guy who has been in just Dickie's whole life. Mm. But the you know, guy giving the eulogy tells a story about how this man had once paid the rent for a neighbor when the neighbor had no money and never asked for that money back. Mm. So that became the personification of the person, not the truth, right. but the dry cleaned version. Mm -hmm. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about what is the eulogy you want. The eulogy can't be more than a very short paragraph, preferably a line or two, but that's it. Mm -hmm. So here's mine. Dove was a dragon leader, the father of dragons. He led others to find their dragon fire so they could heal themselves, heal the world, and make it a better place for all to live in. Mm -hmm. He was a courageous man and did this always in courage. Okay, good. So Dove was a courageous man who was a dragon leader, blah, blah, blah. You can frame it any way you want. It's okay. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. The sequence doesn't matter. What matters is boil it down to the cleanest version. Mm. Now, as we sat at my friend's dad's funeral, we could hear that at the front, but at the back was my friend and a bunch of other people who had known the old guy. And they were whispering some other stuff. Mm. And it wasn't, it wasn't the dry clean version. It was a much darker truth. So here's the question. What do you fear they would whisper at yours? Mm. So when I tried this, I, this is an exercise, because most of us have done the death exercise. And right. Blah, blah, blah. We've done so much. Of that. But the whispers we haven't done. Mm -hmm. So I went, okay, what's the whispers? And so I came up with stuff and it was like, well, you know, I came up with this, I came up with that. Nothing really stuck and my ego could challenge everything and said, well, that's not true. And it, but, mm -hmm. and so you've got to get, when you get to the whispers, it's got to be a gut punch. Mm -hmm. It's got to be something that's like, Ooh, I would hate that. So for me, I came up with something. I knew it was in the right vein, but my ego would say, well, that's not true. Mm -hmm. Okay. I found if I added an expletive, it worked much better. Oh, okay. And, but then I planted it in the mouths of my grandchildren. Mm. Now you may not have grandchildren. It doesn't matter. Right. You may have future grandchildren. It doesn't, it doesn't even matter if you use that context, you use whatever context that mm -hmm. creates the emotional gut punch for you. And so mine originally was Dove was a coward. Yeah. You know, I can prove I wasn't. Mm -hmm. Dove was a fucking coward. Ooh, mm -hmm. Ooh that, had a, that had some kick to it. But then hearing my grandchildren say, Dove was a fucking coward. See, I can get emotional right now. Mm -hmm. That's like, I can't bear that. Mm -hmm. So at the front end, I've got the eulogy that's pulling me towards. Right. At the back end, I've got the whispers that's pushing me away from. Mm -hmm. So now I live my life as a dragon leader by being courageous. When I want to quit, I don't want to hear my grandchildren say Dove was a fucking coward. So right. I step forward and I be courageous. Mm. And that's how we all find our own. Right. It's the yeah. pull towards and it's the move away from. And, and the thing about it is as we move away from this one, it becomes less powerful. So I keep my grandchildren just here. 
mm-hmm. my mind, just behind me. And at any point in time, they could say that. And I have to say, well, I'm about to do this. Is that a coward's move? Yeah. Stop it. Do something else. Mm. Mm. Powerful. Yeah. Because we often do, We've, I think all of our listeners have heard of the eulogy exercise, but what are the whispers that you fear the most? What are the whispers that cut the deepest? And then using that as the thing that you continuously move away from as you're moving towards this vision and, and the, the life and mission and movement that you're creating. That's incredibly powerful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I'd love to know where you see leadership going next. It's mm, a great question. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, if we have this conversation a few months ago, the mm. context is different than it is today. Completely. Because, you know, uh, we've had COVID, pandemic, mm-hmm. quarantine, etc. So um, the context of leadership has changed as well as how leadership is changing. Leadership is definitely becoming uh, polarized. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have become more consciously aware as uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I grew up in, uh, you know, I remember the new age. Um, I was there at the birth of the new age. Um, you know, I have photographs with me and Marianne Williamson when we were both young. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I remember all of that and, that raising consciousness and, and being conscious leaders and making that difference was very clear. And I can remember when I first arrived here in 88, traveling in the U.S., and there was no churches. Hmm. I mean, there were churches, but mon- many, many less churches. Right. There were many non-denominational churches. They hmm. were, quote, New Age churches. Mm-hmm. Now it's gone very right-wing Christian, mm-hmm. right? I'm not saying right or wrong. I'm just saying. So there's this division, whereas before mm-hmm. it was collective. Yeah, And that is what I'm seeing in leadership. It has become tribal, which is command and control, where you have a leader who is a tribal leader, who is a command and control leader. Those have risen again. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of it, you're going to have the other side, which is the more um, globally conscious leader, who is going to be exactly what we're talking about, being a dragon leader, empowering others to step into their power and own that. Mm-hmm. What is... Um, and we know this. This is psychology. Human beings move in polarity. It's what we do. Yeah, we swing we from sure one do. end of the pendulum yep. to the other. So, you know, as I said, 80s, we had New Age. Then we had Radical Christian. Okay? Mm-hmm. We'll swing back towards a more global consciousness, but it will take a little while. Mm-hmm. And so we have a rise of, we've got Tropical Trump in Brazil. We've got Donald Trump in, in America. We've got Boris in England. Mm-hmm. We've got the leader of Hungary. We've got, you know, Philippines, all these uh, dominant leaders. And then we've got uh, the leader of New Zealand, mm-hmm. who is in co- completely a different mindset and is now being seen as one of the forefront leaders of the G7. Mm-hmm. So it's a very interesting world that we're living in where we're having that split and breakaway. So when you say, where is leadership going? It's not, a, it's not one way. Right. It's a one or the other. And so what does that mean? It means we have to decide. So here's the thing. The, I am definitely more of the global thinking, mm-hmm. but snowflakes get on my nerves. I'm pissed <laughs> off with people who's offended by everything. Right. Get over it. Mm-hmm. Like, get over it. Freedom of speech means 
freedom of speech. It doesn't mean you're free to say anything I agree with. It means you're free. Like I was born Jewish mm -hmm. and I went to the UN and talked about de-radicalizing neo-Nazis and how I would support anybody having freedom of speech, including neo-Nazis, and was able to de-radicalize the leader of the neo-Nazi movement of Canada but as a Jew. Right. Right? Because yeah. freedom of speech is not you agree with me. It means you're yeah. allowed to say whatever you want. Yeah. So if you're offended, that's your shit. Deal with it. It's got mm -hmm. nothing to do with the other person. So on that level, I'm very conscious and open and want to embrace people but I'm not willing to shut people up or myself up in mm -hmm. the process of that. But I need compassion and I need love and I need empathy and I need understanding of people. And so what we've got to understand is that a lot of that um, political correctness mm -hmm. has created victim mentality. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people who are victims and they run this victim mentality. The problem with being a victim, if you run that cycle psychologically, then you need a hero. Mm -hmm. You need a savior. Oh, what have you got? You've got the leader of Brazil. You've got the leader yeah. of England. You've got the leader of America. You've got the leader of the Philippines. You've got these saviors. And mm -hmm. they literally stand up and say, I can save you. Right. And so if you're in that mentality where you need rescuing, then you're going to have a savior. Mm -hmm. So I don't need a rescuer. I don't need a savior. I need to be present in my world. And so the, it, the, the, when you ask the future of leadership, the future of leadership is actually a choice. Mm. Will I choose to lead myself so that I can lead others, guide others to leading themselves? Mm -hmm. Or will I choose to look to somebody to save me? Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I used to have a personal development company that we ran for many, many years in with teaching all kinds of programs all over the world. And one of the reasons I stopped is because I wanted to get out of the recycling business. Mm. Oh, you took Tony's program. Oh, you took Setian's program. Oh, you took this person's program, mm -hmm. that person's program. Who cares? You're recycling. Yeah. Stop it. Put it in action. Live it. Eat it. Sleep it. Breathe it. Do it. Mm -hmm. Then take some more. Sure. Keep growing. Keep developing. But stop recycling. You're, just, you're accumulating information. You want that? Go on Google. It's a matter of saying, hold on. This is a moment of choice, not for you, not for me, not for the listener, but for the planet. Mm -hmm. I have to, if I, I have, my godson is a fierce, fierce person about the planet. Mm -hmm. He's, you know, he's, he started the marches on, on the island and all those kinds of things. Right. He's the one who behind all that. And he's in, he stays with us in the summer. He comes and stays with us. He stays with us. And I go, you care about the planet, right? And he goes, yeah. So tell me how. Well, he tells me, oh, they're doing this and they're doing that. And I'm fracking and, you know, and he's all these things, you know, and he, and he, and he loves Greta and all that. That's fantastic. So what are you doing about it? He goes, well, you know, I do all these things and I recycle. So it's great. Mm -hmm. I said, how's the dishes going? He goes, good. I go, then turn the freaking water off. Hmm. You're not saving the planet. You're harming the planet. You're running water and not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. We don't take personal responsibility. We want to look at them and point the finger and say, they're doing this mm -hmm. instead of saying, what am I doing? Right. Cause that's what so much easier. Doing? Of course it is. <laughs> that's the ego. So this right. is the thing that I want. I try to get everybody to understand. Ask yourself, where am I running spiritual ego? Mm -hmm. Spiritual ego is I'm better than you. No, yeah. you're not. 
No, you're not. I am the most enlightened person I've ever met. I am the biggest idiot I've ever met. Mm-hmm. It depends on the moment. My job is to try and be more of the enlightened person and check that on a moment-to-moment basis. I say stupid shit. I say brilliant stuff. And, I met, and most of it's in between. Mm-hmm. But my job is to check that and re- correct my course. And that's all of our jobs. Rather than looking out there, what's wrong with them? Right. And that's the problem. That's what real leadership is. It's mm-hmm. not looking out there and blaming them. It's looking in here. I don't live in the world. There's a quote for you. I don't live in the world. I live in the mirror. Mm. Nothing is out there that's not a reflection of me. If you want to look at it and go, that's terrible, say, where am I running that in my own head? Mm-hmm. Where am I running that in my own being? And that's when you become a real leader. Mm. Mm. Uh, powerful mic drop from you. Thank, Thank you. you. Um, and I think that's a really powerful way to close out this conversation. Um, but to our listeners, really take to heart everything that Dove shared. And he shared some phenomenal exercises for you to implement now. Don't just take this as knowledge. Don't be a sponge. Actually implement and integrate what you've learned in this episode so you can start showing up as a dragon leader in your life. Um, Dove, if they want to get more of you, Where's the best place for them to reach out? And I will have all these links in the show notes. Thank you. So the simplest place is to go to my main website, which is dovebaron.com, D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. There you'll find access to uh, my two podcasts, to uh, the YouTube channel. There's over 700 videos on there. Uh, The Dragon's Path blog uh, um, on Medium uh, with... There's hundreds and hundreds of articles there. All that stuff is all there, including my courses and my books and all those things. But here's the thing. You know, it's, it, I really want you to get what Ruby just said. Mm-hmm. Information is worth the hole in the donut. Transformation <laughs> comes from application. Yes. Okay? So this is r- great. You know, you're inspired. Who gives a crap? It's a suntan. It'll wear off. Mm-hmm. Do something with it to integrate it. That is what matters. So here's what I want you to do. I... Ruby puts this together. I know, I told you, I have two podcasts. I know what it takes. Mm-hmm. She brings great guests on to share with you. It doesn't cost you anything. So what, she, what you need to do is create some reciprocity. I want you to go on to wherever you listen to podcasts, rate, review, subscribe to the show, and share it with other people. Not just this episode with me. She has mm-hmm. phenomenal guests. Share all of it. Let people know about this. Don't hoard. Share, be generous, create generosity. And if there's something I can specifically help you with, you can actually write to me. I actually answer my own emails. Dove at dovebaron.com, D-O-V at D-O-V-B-A-R-O-N.com. Write to me. Tell me what you've got out of this. Write to Ruby. Tell us what, tell her what you got out of it. And more importantly, what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. If there's something I can help you with, that's great. But otherwise, I'd love to know what you're actually going to do with it. Mm. Thank you, Dove, for that. Um, thank you for sharing your presence, your wisdom, your knowledge, uh, and and your fire with me and with the audience today. I know that everyone's going to walk away with some pretty powerful insights, and I know I have. I always do when I'm in your presence. So I appreciate you. you. I appreciate the way in which you show up. I appreciate your time. Thank you. 
Thank you. I look forward to having you on Leadership and Loyalty. Thank you. Me too. I look forward to being on there. And to our listeners, thank you so much for joining Dove and me on today's Thought Leader, where we're challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. Like Dove mentioned, please drop a rating and review. That would be amazing. If you want to get in touch with me, you can reach out to me on social media at I am Ruby. All of Dove's links and my links will be in the show notes and more. And I will see you back here Monday for a brand new episode of today's Thought Leader. Thank you.